Welcome to the 365 Mr. Center Show. Today, we're going to take a look at sharing from Teams to Outlook. There's also some metadata and additional taxonomy added to SharePoint libraries and some weird news around Teams Pro. What is that, Daniel? Roll the intro. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. Daryl, we have a, an odd message for this week, Teams Pro. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. really looking forward to us uh, having a conversation around that. But how are you doing, Daryl? You doing good? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, we're back in uh, level three here in Auckland. Yes, I'm, I saw that. Yep. Fun times. Yep. Hope you got groceries. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're good. Um, but yeah, apart from that, uh, it has been a, a, a good week. Uh, plenty of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. We can jump right in. Yeah, let's jump right into it. The first message up is all about in Teams sharing to Teams from Outlook, right? That's the one. Um, so from, I should open it up as well. All right, so um, sharing two Teams from Outlook. Uh, this is MC238648. And uh, we've had, um, had the ability to share from Teams to Outlook. And to some extent, from Outlook into Teams, um, where this improves on the current experience is that you can choose to send the message and any attachments through to a chat or to any channel conversation. Um, What we have had up until now is that you can forward a message into Teams and you have to go and find the, the channel email address. You can't, though forward an email into a team's private chat so this this is a good feature um, allowing us to take content that might have been sent to us from a customer from a partner from someone else to email and bring it into a team's conversation um, this is uh, yeah an improvement I, I think on on helping with the teamwork um, uh, what I do like about it is that um, it still brings through that full message. Sometimes what we find when we forward messages through to a channel, that it gets truncated. Uh, it gets to a point where it yep. says, oh, you'll have to open the full message to see the full thing. That's right. Um, tell me, Daniel, like, have you have you used the forwarding to channel much? Absolutely. Well, not recently. Initially, when we rolled out Teams to our organization, it was a heavily used feature, um, mm. too much so because uh, for two reasons. One, it was heavily used in that every email about a particular, you know, it, we tried it out on it like a project. Okay, so every email that's emailed, forward it to this chat. I'm like, God, I don't need all of that, those messages in the team. I can read it in my email. I don't need it in the channel. Mm. So, but the second problem was what you just mentioned is that you would forward it and it wasn't really full fidelity. You know, you didn't get all of the information or it just wasn't a great experience. And you got mm. no context because you're right. When you forward it, it started a new thread. So there was no, what, why is this email here? What does this have to do with, you know, the, the parts of this channel uh, chat? Mm. So it really isn't a great way to kind of keep track of, well, this email is part of this conversation or this conversation has to do with this email. You know, let me add this email to this thread. Mm. 
Yeah, I agree. The important part that was missing for me was the context. That as you forwarded it through to a channel, you couldn't even go in afterwards and edit the message like you can with some of them. You couldn't go in and add its own subject. So you were stuck with whatever that subject was that you've it could have been forward re re and then the actual subject of whatever that email was. Exactly. And it will also show you the um, the first message in that thread where maybe all the context was further down. Mm-hmm. So this, I think, like we haven't seen it yet, but I would say it's going to look like when we forward a, when we send to Outlook from Teams. And this is another one that I use quite a bit to try and uh, help people uh, come back into where the conversation is in Teams. Mm. I will find a, a message. Uh, I will send use the send to Outlook and what happens is it opens up like a modal window mm-hmm. and it's the Outlook web experience and I can add some context to it and it will have like a nice little, um, uh, I guess like a card or uh, yeah, adaptive card where when it goes through to that person, they receive it in Outlook, they will see my context. They'll see a bit of that message. And then when they go through to answer it, they can go through to that full thread. And if they're experiencing this from Microsoft 365, they can even respond from mm-hmm. that email directly mm-hmm. to the thread. Yep. So I think it's going to be like that. Yep. Um, so that is uh, ready to roll out in mid-March through late March. And I believe it's going to get uh, quite a bit of use. Uh, one thing that it doesn't uh, cover is if you have features like individual rights management mm-hmm. or the do not forward um, emails, so that's good. It respects that. Uh, you would you would hope that if you have got those features mm-hmm. on there, that it's not going to allow you to to forward those. Yeah. Oh, and it does does actually give a full copy of that email and drop it into a subfolder in the channel, which will be called email messages. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a pattern like that too for attachments. Um, sometimes you see that folder created too. If so it's, it's another place though, you got to think about where yeah. content can be discovered. And if you have, for instance, you have a rule in your organization, emails have to be deleted at a certain period, no retention, meaning right. they have to be removed. Well, if I add it this way, then it's going to put that email as a file in SharePoint. Mm. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keep that in mind. Um, yeah, that. definitely. Um, Daniel, I want to hear a bit about uh, what's happening in SharePoint libraries. And well, around okay then. That stuff that's on the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a message. This is adding taxonomy columns for modern SharePoint library views, MC238780. And this is rolling out targeted release mid-February, so now. Uh, through early March, and then standard release early March through end of March. And this is really bringing the creation of um, managed metadata columns uh, into the modern experience. So if you think about how you're looking at a library right now, you can uh, create a column straight in the view. You don't have to go in the settings, right? You can create a column, Mm. and it shows it in the message kind of, here it is. You go add a column and you can select, you know, single line, multi-line, person, yes and no, whatever. Well, it's going to be adding to that managed metadata. And so you can select it right there. 
what we have to do right now before this is rolling out to our tenants is when you go to the more dot 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 it takes you to the kind of the backstage or the settings of the library where you can create as many columns as you would like including manage metadata so once mm. you select that then you get options for creating the column. You give it a name and, and setting that all up, right? And you're gonna select manage metadata, but then you're gonna have the display format. How do you wanna show? Do you wanna just show the term or its parent and the term? Uh, and they give a good example here of geolocations, meaning if the term is Sydney, then do you want it to just say Sydney and like Melbourne, or do you wanna say Australia, Sydney, okay? Mm. Um, and then do you want to allow users to add values into this term set uh, while they're in the library? So I'm tagging content. Do I want to have an open um, open term set, set so that, mm. that users can add their own terms? So that's, uh, like I said, rolling out here by the end of March uh, is the target for everyone. Unlocking this consistency on no matter what kind of column I want to create, I want to be able to do it right there. So um, this this is bringing that into us uh, for us. So I'm, I'm liking it. What do you think, Daryl? Yeah, oh, I think it's good. And uh, I know that I'm reaching a bit to another discussion, but hmm. one of the questions that uh, the community had around uh, Viva topics, which we'll mention a bit later on, mm -hmm. was what does this mean for managed metadata? Well, here you go. It's uh, definitely, it yeah. has a, its facelift in the managed um, Yeah settings or the admin view of it and and here it has been exposed in in the libraries yeah and if you remember the the kind of the update to the views of managing it so in the in the admin mm. it has been updated but it really hasn't been um you know changed that much it's just kind of a ui change uh mm. microsoft has said that they're looking into that doing that but so this is an incremental improvement, you know, bringing that mm. into um, into the wonderful world of modern library management and creation. Uh, Daryl, I want to know if I call you, what is the policy on recording? Call you in Teams. What is the policy in recording that that meeting? Well, Daniel, um, today. If I wanted to record a conversation with you, I just call you. I haven't set a meeting up. Um, I can record. Uh, and this this ability is controlled using the same policy that you would use to turn on meeting recording or cloud recordings yeah. for your Teams meetings. So this uh, message, uh, one-to-one call recording policy introduction, MC238796, is the distinction between having that setting for online meetings and having that setting available for one-to-one -one calls. And for for good reason, some organizations, of course, won't want you to be able to record one-to-one -one calls, but they want to have that ability to record meetings. Uh, and I guess, you know, it's, it's around sensitivity of information and privacy of conversations and, and, and the like. Um, so there will be a new PowerShell um, policy to to use. Uh, it will be called a cl allow cloud recording for calls. Um, so it'll be its own own setting to change. 
and uh, it's it's there to to turn on if you want it. If you don't turn it on, and if you haven't got recording turned on, then don't worry, it's it's not going mm-hmm. to be on. But if you have become accustomed to recording one-to-one calls and you want to keep that capability, then you'll need to go in and enable this policy mm-hmm. to set it to allow. Uh, so that is uh, rolling out. So you review the setting and make the changes by March 11th, mm-hmm. right? So the setting will be there. You've got to make that change, and then from March 11th, it will take effect. And, yeah. Well, and I think this is a smart decision to separate those two uh, because most people treat this, you know, meeting. Oh, that's a meeting. It's public in that there's more people generally than two. A call is something that, you know, is is – one-on-one calling here is it's a little more private i'm not saying we're saying a lot of private things it's just you assume that it's not being recorded Mm. Um, and frankly if we're treating teams calling uh, these one-on-one chat calls as a call which a lot of organizations are starting to do then you get into the legal realm of whether you can actually record those or not um because in in the states, and I know it around the world, the, the rules are different. But uh, there are, there are different rules per state in the United States mm. of whether you can record calls uh, with or without the permission of the other person, and and et cetera. And so, I, I'm liking the separation. Allow us to continue recording meetings and not record calls if that's what we choose to do. So I'm liking. Mm. That. Yep. And and there's a distinction there too of what what makes it a one-to-one call versus a meeting with only two people? Mm-hmm. If I schedule a meeting with you, Daniel, like we have for, for this production mm-hmm. today, that is a meeting, and it means that I have the ability to hit record. Mm-hmm. Great. But if I have just gone into the chat capability of Teams, given you a call, or maybe even if I've got this ability, dialed up your phone number, Mm-hmm. then um, this is the feature where I could uh, enable or disable being able to record. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there we go. Um, so, Daniel, uh, let's talk about um, – it's our headline, our mm-hmm. headline, and, and it's an interesting headline because it caused a little kerfuffle. This is an official word, kerfuffle, professional word, in the community. Um, the announcement of a new service plan for – called teams pro yeah we and those that are watching uh the podcast the video version will see it says updated parentheses and normally we're Mm -hmm. doing messages we don't show updated messages updated means that it was released and then they have made a significant change to it enough to kind of release it normally we catch them before then we talk about them before then because we're talking about it that week well, this one caused a little bit of a, what was it, kerfuffle? Kerfuffle. Um, and so let's let's dive into it. Announcing a new service plan, comma, Teams Pro, MC238782. Um, on February 9th, you, you'll see it in the message itself. It's talking about that they sent a message out and it caused uh, some issues with clarity so it says to clarify there are no changes to product licenses with the addition of this new service plan and i think 
when they start talking about service plans and, and licenses, we have to take a step back and understand what do we have now? We have teams that is part of, you know, E3s and E5s and the A equivalents of those licenses. And then we have teams that is part of other licenses, F1 and uh, the Teams Free product and, and all of those. And so um, this is uh, a new kind of a, it's a skew. And what Microsoft is saying here, and I believe this is clear, uh, hopefully, is that they're just naming it something, uh, giving it a name as part of those E3, E5, and A equivalents. The issue, I think, came at the beginning. Uh, for those that were paying attention before this was updated, uh, this message was not exactly the same as it was before. In fact, it talked about new features coming. And that's, mm. I think, where people started getting um, uh, concerned that something new was coming or because they didn't understand what it was. Um, and actually, Microsoft has taken that bit out of this message. There's no mention of any new features. Well, luckily, mm. we have a screenshot here. And I will switch us over. So this is the message as it was published at the beginning. And it talks about a new service plan as being part uh, Teams Pro, a part of your uh, Office Microsoft Office three it says Microsoft three sixty five Office three sixty five, okay, and Microsoft three sixty five E five E three and A equivalents and and the business standard and business basic license. The where we got in trouble here was how will this will affect your organization? And it says, with this new service plan, Teams is introducing new capabilities related to meeting intelligence and webinar capabilities. Mm. And if you think about, though, uh, for those of you that have been watching our show for a while, that should sound familiar. We've talked about those capabilities already. The webinar capabilities we actually talked about last week, which was yep. being able to register uh, use Teams and have a registration process there. The meeting intelligence of uh, understanding what's happening and what happened in your meeting. We've talked about some of those features that are coming already. So I think that's this with this one sentence, Microsoft created so much confusion about what Teams Pro is. And frankly, um, they didn't tell anybody about it. And I think that was another part, another problem that we had was that um, none of us kind of knew this was coming. I don't, I'm not going to say none of us. Uh, a lot of us were, we, we had no clue what Teams Pro was and what was coming. So uh, Mary Jo Foley, uh, who is a popular uh, journalist and follows Microsoft closely, she's a wonderful person as well. Um, she did write up for uh, ZDNet an article on this and kind of pointing to that. It's that one sentence that people grabbed onto. Um, and she even had it on there as well about my, the meeting insights and, and all of that coming. And frankly, mm. it, it just, I don't think it has anything to do with that. It really is just a, um, just saying we're renaming this. That's all it is. And that's why they changed the message to reflect that. So I wanted to just clarify, I, 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 there hasn't been an official like, hey, we're not, this is, we made a mistake and all that. But you could take this message right here 
and the way it's now written uh, to say they're not adding features for just to be a Teams Pro. They're just renaming it to Teams Pro. That's my personal opinion. I think it's backed up by the evidence. Um, so hopefully that clarifies and and helps people relax a little bit and, and know that it's not that we're going to have to spend more money for another Teams product. Uh, I think that's... And there was confusion about, Daryl, about the... Um, the communications plan, right? You know, the mm -hmm. add-on we've talked about in the show before about the additional communications plan where you can, um, you know, do different uh, functionalities of running your own um, live meetings and, and scheduling those. Uh, I can't remember exactly what all the other features. Sorry, um, but that's that's not part of this. That's not what this is talking about. Mm. Yeah, just the same uh, Microsoft Teams for business. <laughs> maybe that would have been better if they just yeah, followed that pattern. <laughs> then everyone would have understood. Yeah. Um, so let's, I think we can, you know, rest this one. Um, I think we're, we're clear on this, hopefully. So can we move on to some consistency? You know, I like More consistency. consistency. What about yes. al aligning experiences, Daryl? Uh, yes, well, experiences uh, uh, in terms of creating Microsoft Teams. Um, so the, the title of the message, Align the Experiences for Creating a Team from Different Teams Interfaces, MC238795. Let me just summarize it and say this is aligning the administrator experience with the end user experience when creating a team. We can go into Teams and create a team. Right. We go through various different bits and pieces to create that team, give it a name, description, add some people, done. Great, we've got our team. We've chosen, I guess, whether it's public and private and all those sorts of things. When an admin creates a team for you on your behalf from the admin center, there was a different experience. Uh, you used to, when you were creating it, the welcome message appeared differently. Um, the message came through as if it was an Outlook or Microsoft 365 group. When the admin created the team from there, it would also make the team visible within Outlook and within the Outlook address book. Um, it would change the behavior of when a meeting was scheduled in a channel so that when that meeting was scheduled and maybe I didn't invite Daniel, but he's part of the team, Daniel would still get the invite. And that has been traditionally for me quite a confusing experience mm -hmm. about whether I intend a person to be invited to the meeting or whether they're just made aware of it and they can add it to their calendar. So those few experiences um, were quite different for an admin creating a team from the team's admin center. Now it's going to be brought into alignment with um, what you would normally experience from creating a team in Teams. This is good news. Um, consistency of experience is always a good thing, isn't it, Daniel? We love consistency. I do have a bone to pick with one thing, but I like well, consistency. Go ahead, pick, pick the bone. Well, I, <laughs> I don't like the decision being made that um, that even now that you've created this, basically any team created from here on out uh, from the UI, admin experience or within Teams, it's not going to be shown in Outlook clients. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to be able to find it in the Outlook clients. You're not going to be able to find it in the, in the Outlook address book. 
I mm-hmm. find that this gets us back to, and we had this conversation, I don't know, it was a year ago, a year, no, it was probably a year and a half ago or more. Easily. About this whole, well, if I create a group in Outlook, then it shows up in Outlook. But if I create it in Yammer or Teams and it oh, doesn't, yeah. and, and it's like, what? It depends. No, I don't want it to depend. I want to create a group and it show up in these three places, Outlook mm-hmm. being one of them. I want them to show up in those places, whether I created in uh, via MS-DOS or I created it in the admins. I don't care where it's created. I want it to show up. And I don't mm-hmm. like this at all. I don't like this change uh, because this was a way for admins to go and say, I want this team to show up in Outlook. So I'll create mm-hmm. an admin center mm-hmm. and it will yep. show up. I also don't like it that, okay, but if you want it to... Um, you want the current user experience for teams. Um, so you do want all these things. You can use the groups graph API. <laughs> so bust out the code. You can create yeah. your own process for this. That's, I mean, come on. I don't like that either. Like, why am I having to create that? I don't want it. I don't want it. So I'd like this, but then I don't like some of the particulars. So I'll get yeah. off my soapbox now. Sorry. Hold on. It's always you and your soapbox. Sorry, I just. Now, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you don't get moved to tears because then the the <laughs> tears might mix with the soap and then you'd slip off your soapbox. Oh box. Let me just. If I could <laughs> react to your to your well, you know, I'm going to react. I would react. Yeah. Well, there we go. For podcast listeners, I've just thrown up a little laughy laugh there over the top of me. That's something we're going to mention a bit later. Yes, we are. Um. Yeah, aligned experiences. Uh, yeah. This will be arriving mid-March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, review and assess that action by 15th of March. Okay, yeah. so that's mid, definitely. Definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, so I think we're uh, around about at the time when we start to make some quick mentions. Or No, there's... One more. So we're going to make one. This will be a quick one, and it is reactions. So Outlook reactions and new notification experience, MC239090. This will targeted and standard release beginning March uh, for Outlook on the web and Outlook on iOS and Android. And it's not for the desktop Outlook app. So Outlook for Windows or Outlook for Mac. It's not for that. Um, users will be able to give quick reactions to emails. So like, love, laughter, celebration, surprise, sadness. These reactions mm-hmm. will only be visible to people in your tenant. So in your company, in your tenant, and only people who are using Outlook for the web or Outlook for iOS or Android. It will not be available for those others. And so mm-hmm. um, the view here, uh, you'll see the way it'll show up. There's your reactions. Um and I'm showing the message now. And then I'll be able to look at the reactions uh, to my messages that I have sent uh, in Outlook itself, Outlook on the web. Now, mm. if I'm not using Outlook on the web, but it is in my tenant, then I will be able to get, I'll get a daily email that will summarize all of the reactions to my emails that I've received. Really? Yes, really. If okay. I am not in the tenant, so if I react to an email 
that is from someone not in my company, not in my tenant, it's not going to do anything. It's not going to send it out to anything. Well, you're going to feel pretty good about it. Yeah, that's right. And if you, if it is in a hybrid mode, so if it's Exchange on-prem, you're still in Microsoft 365, but you're in hybrid, it's not going to work either. So uh, that is, um, like I said, rolling out fairly soon. It's kind of quirky in the way... Well, if you have this client or that client or you're in here and there, you know, a lot of depends going on. So thank you, Daryl, mm -hmm. for that heart that you just threw up on the uh, screen. Oh, look, I'm just I'm playing with other reactions. But uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, one comment there, too, is um, uh, and we'll mention it in the in the uh, the callback, but yep. uh, it's not the same, not the same. No. Um We've had we've had that like within Outlook for a little while. Yep. It's just they add in a few more reactions, and it's always been internal. Yeah. All right. So some quick mentions. Uh, it's like it's like the lightning round. A new <laughs> list will have versioning enabled by default. MC two three nine zero nine two. This is rolling out mid February. So now, basically, when you create a list in SharePoint, and this goes for Microsoft lists as well then versioning is going to be turned on by default. It's going to keep 50 of the most recent changes. That's fantastic. Thumbs up. If I had a thumbs up emoji, I would give it. Ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. I am all for that. Working on it. He's, he's working oh. on it. There it is. Another, These reactions aren't very Another easy. quick mention, performance improvements in Excel for the web. This is fantastic, uh, MC239095. It's kind of a maintenance thing, but basically what it's saying is that when you're loading or scroll in uh, Excel for the web, you're loading up a workbook, you're scrolling through, selecting cells, you're navigating, modifying, it's all gonna be faster. Uh, and this is out now. So you should be seeing that, um, those improvements now. So I'm, I'm excited, two thumbs up. I like performance improvements. Yes, yes. Uh, quick mention there for uh, SharePoint. Um, there will be light boxes for images coming. That's MC239264. Um, really good feature, simple feature, and we've got used to it uh, in many different places. When we click on an image, the background fades out, the image is larger, and we can see it easier, and it's, it's right there in the foreground. And then if you click off to the side, then uh, we're back to... Um, seeing the full library or of where the image was from. But yeah, good to see that coming. That is rolling out mid-February, should be complete um, early March. And uh, my other one is really, <laughs> it's just that the message has landed. Okay, mm -hmm. there's, there's not uh, much to say, except that um, introducing Microsoft Viva Topics, MC239266, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about it as a community. Microsoft Viva's come out. Topics is the first product. And here's the message in the message center to clarify, yes, it is available on your tenant, Daryl, and uh, it is an additional purchase, and here's what you can add it to, and um, go here to find out more. So I don't have much to add to that, but just to say that it's yeah. a, a message center reminder that it's there and available to you to, to mm -hmm. buy or to try out for... A month. All right. I got another one. This is dictation in Word, and Outlook just got better. MC239267. <laughs> this is rolling out mid-March, expected to be completed by early April. And basically bringing in a new dictation toolbar uh, makes it easier for, uh, for users to create and edit content 
with their voice. And this is again, Word and Outlook. When you click on the dictate button, you will get this new um, pop up, this new information about showing that it's listening uh, with a nice little icon of, of that is recording there. Uh, you'll be able to uh, have some settings that are great. So settings for auto punctuation, which is amazing because sometimes Word doesn't remember, you know, realize that when I say period, I mean period, not the word period. Um, and it has a profanity filter uh, and the ability to select this, that spoken language, all of that, you know, pop-up window there uh, while it's dictating. So uh, that is great. Um, I, I don't see a huge improvement uh, other than that. So it's just, that's why we put it kind of in the quick mention. I did do a uh, video on this on my personal YouTube channel on how to add this as a uh, in in Word so that you could actually have a hotkey for starting your recordings for dictation. So you can go check that out if you'd like, uh, danielbloom.com slash YT for YouTube. We'll drop a card in the yeah. video for it too. All right. Um, so let's get to our kind of our callback, Daryl. Um, you've been kind of throwing some of the using this functionality uh, here in the show, but this is the meeting reactions in Teams, right? We the ability to react to what is being said in the meeting at the time that it's happening. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a callback because it has arrived, what's it, started early February and completed mid-February. So, yeah, we're bringing it up at the right time. Um, where we used to be able to just raise our hand within a Teams meeting, we have our reactions under there now. Um, so good thing about that is... As you are reacting, and uh, we'll throw another one up there for the uh, people within the watching the live stream. Um, as I react, and I've hit the heart there, um, it comes up over the top of my video feed in the in the meeting, and I can see. Um, I guess my my video feed is is dulled out, and then I've got the the heart or whatever it is animated and flowing up there. And it also appears over the top of uh, Daniel's experience too, uh, to see the um, the reaction. So I know who um, did, who did it, right? I can see your yep. it's over your image and see that you are the one that did it. Yep. Yep. And it's not one that like if I just hit the heart multiple times. Oh, actually, I didn't try that before. Uh, you're not seeing this so much in the video. Um, mm -hmm. You're seeing my heart pop up over the top of my feed but um on daniel's desktop uh it will throw up a few different hearts for every click that i make it's a bit like when you're in a periscope or a, a live um facebook live feed or whatever you can just hit that button or that reaction <laughs> um to, to let the hearts that. fly daryl let the hearts yeah. fly now uh, great to see that um i wonder if i can no i can't do the same thing with raise hand raise my hand multiple times um <laughs> do a mexican wave with it mm. uh, but but i did mention that there is some inconsistency with the reactions we've just had a look at the reactions for outlook and uh mm -hmm. they are different yeah uh, and someone commented that the reactions for yammer are also different to uh to teams so we've got three sets of different reactions um, nice to know. Uh, just, it's, I guess, be careful as you're reacting to whatever it is you're reacting to that you're choosing what you intend 
yes, <laughs> for people I, to see as your reaction. I would love to see some consistency there. You're right across the products, mobile and desktop and, and web and the different products. But uh, it's nice to see this one has rolled out. That's right. So that's our callback. Mm-hmm. And um, th- that's the, the show, I guess. Uh, Daniel, anything more to add? No, I don't think so. I think uh, we've introduced some new functionality. We have clarified some misconceptions about announcements. And we have shown you some items uh, that, at least this meeting reactions, that are out now. Uh, so I think we've uh, put together a pretty good show, if I have, if I do say so myself. Yes. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us uh, today and for catching maybe the delayed coverage as well. We've always uh, appreciated the the live comments that enrich the discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, do go along to messagecenter.show to find all the different feeds if you want to subscribe to the podcast. Sometimes that's a more convenient way of engaging with the content. We also thank you for all the new follows this week too of uh, people on our different social accounts too and appreciate your following and support there. Daryl, I would say though, for those that are watching on YouTube, smash that you know, subscribe button down there. Uh, hit the hit the like. You know, if you're listening yeah, on the podcast, bell. remember the bell. That's right. Yeah. And hit, hit, do the bell so you'll get a reminder. If you're on the podcast in your favorite app, make sure you you like it and um, subscribe so that uh, you get further um, the further uh, messages that we're going to be talking about in our future shows. So make sure you do that. Oh, I think and with podcasts too, it helps to to place a comment or a yeah. rating as well to say what you like about the show. Mm-hmm. Would love just it. so that others can find it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for watching episode one eighty two. We'll catch you next week. Bye bye for now. Yeah.